0: Hello, climate change. Waking up and taking action one conversation at a time. That's my tagline. I'm Amy Kalischer. That's my dog, Millie. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sitting here with Michelle Maitland. Is that how you say your last name? I actually didn't know how you say your last name. Oh, yeah. That's how you say it. it. And however people say it. But I'm hoping my dog decides that she doesn't want to be part of this podcast pretty soon. So anyway. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so, so, so pleased that you wanted to come. It's, <laughs> I, I
1: kind of invite... don't know what I'm in for. That's okay, though. It's <laughs> a, a, the environment is a great interest and
0: concern of mine. So Michelle and I met like a month ago, maybe, yes. through friends, friends of friends kind of thing, and... I don't think we had all that much of a conversation at the time, but I did well, find we were out from, in a concert
1: too. So right. really, just you know,
0: yeah, just what, dancing beside each other, <laughs> <laughs> talking before the music started, or in between acts or whatever. Yeah. And um, and our, what I what I took away from the little bit that we got to talk in between was that the main thing. And I said this to you when we were texting about this, doing this, was that you said that uh climate change was a number one voting issue for you
1: yeah which for- is hard honestly because it's not it's it, i i i just don't understand why it is not for everyone and why it is not being taken more seriously by the the media and you know of course by the ridiculous climate change deniers but i mean you know it, it, i i just don't understand it but, so but yes <laughs> that is my number one consideration among many but
0: yeah yeah so i mean i don't have an agenda for our conversation i'm just i'm just really interested in how it looks in your mind and like how it became your number maybe you could talk about how it became your number one i've always loved
1: nature but I'm, i'm i feel like there's different kinds of nature lovers and like i'm not uh i have many friends who are nature lovers in in the sense that they are constantly out in the woods biking and hiking and mountain climbing and skiing and um whereas i'm more of a a backyard kind of immersed nature lover, but um, then you might think that I'm a gardener, which I'm not really. I, I just like little, bu- I like bugs. Hmm. I like um, squirrels and chipmunks and trees. I really, really love trees and plants and green. Yeah. I think I've always been more more artsy hmm. and uh, I was, in, I started college as an arts major. And so I think just like the interest in color and texture as an arts oriented individual just makes you be a nature lover because that's the source of all meaningful color and texture and Mm -hmm. so like so i was never really like outdoorsy super outdoorsy as a as a youth i was really in front of the television all the time and then like just sports and school um went to the university of connecticut and was a fine arts major and actually got turned on to i'm sure you're familiar with it but i don't know if listeners are there's something called con Perg, which is Mm -hmm. um con is short for connecticut and Perg stands for public interest research groups and it's uh these citizen action lobby organizations that grew out of uh, the Ralph Nader uh citizen action movement. Uh so Conperg uh, primarily does organizing on college campuses to uh do citizen-based lobbying um at their state capitals and in Washington um and they do that by uh they finance it by having uh canvassers, so people who just go out into neighborhoods and knock on people's doors and raise money f- from individuals. And it's kind of interesting now in an election season when there's all this talk about lobbyists and PACs. And I don't have the uh, animus towards lobbying and PACs that everybody does because I'm aware that there are citizen-sponsored lobbies. And just if more people were involved in them, th- it might counter right. that. But mm. so um, I got involved with ConPurg and actually fell in love with their long island sound campaign and Hmm. their work and just the the model that they were doing and actually i dropped out of school (laughs) to go to go work for them (laughs) not such a great idea in hindsight but (laughs) that's what i did and so i became very immersed in really kind of like rather than environment being immersed in the environment being immersed in environmental activism
0: wow that's amazing so no I think that's that is amazing. So how far into school were you when you dropped out?
1: Um I had uh finished uh my my junior year. So I with a year left.
0: Oh, did your parents freak out?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much everybody did. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the dean's list. Mm-hmm. I was there was not. Did I mean Did you ever go back? I I did. Like t- 10 or 12 years later, mm-hmm. I went back at night and um Uh, for any artists listening uh, you know to to start in a studio art major and then to try to go back 12 years later and do your senior things it didn't doesn't doesn't really work that way so I have a business degree oh (laughs) yeah (laughs) so So I just had to do a lot of prerequisites not a lot of my credits transferred and I I consider it like you know and people and of course I fell in love with this conperg and there was a there's a boy involved, yeah. that the guy that I liked, that was worked there, which uh-huh. was was only part of it. But also, I had come to the decision that I wasn't going to be making art as a
0: career, and mm. so it was all coalesced, you know, at the same time. I see. So you're just kind of like, I need to abandon this track, and this is feeling more alive for me right now. That's I'm yes. going with it.
1: Yes, but yes, everybody so great.
0: Out. <laughs> I mean, I also dropped out of college oh. part way through, and I, I it was a little different for me. It was very different for me, but you know, not surprisingly we're different people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I mean, I was, I always thought I was going to be an artist and a writer and I was getting into debt and my parents weren't able to really support me as a student. Like I was having to come up with money for my own food and books and I couldn't do both. And yeah. It was very uh, stressful. And I kept thinking how you can't be an artist if you're in debt. Like, you, you, right. if you don't have, if you're not independently wealthy, you need to have a steady job to pay off debt. And I'm yes. just going to school to get debt. Like, I didn't have right, a right. sense of what, how it worked, how, like how it yeah, would work. I, yeah. I didn't know how the art world worked. I didn't know how any kind of connections i might be making in school might help me i didn't which is interesting yeah. and
1: it's not like necessarily an environmental topic but is yeah. a total topic for like another thing which is that art schools at that time they they've changed i understand they've changed a little bit to adapt but they never included any content like that any practical yeah. practical content in the curriculum <laughs> yeah right they yeah. mostly still don't probably
0: yeah. So then you, you left school, you joined Conperg, camp. ConPerg, and then what happened? So I worked
1: uh, for ConPerg for a few years and uh, ConPerg is, is uh, you know, it's a, it's not, you don't go into it for the money. So it was like right. poverty level for many years. And actually I got very burnt out and uh, mm. it burnt out from, um, personally, I was not managing well, like it just you know, the the stress of the stress of my life, but also then like such serious topics all the time and encountering people going to, door to door is a really it takes a really strong core person to do that. Yeah. And, and I mean, in some I was strong enough in that I was motivated to do it and was willing to do it, but it just started to wear me down. And uh,
0: what were the topics you were taking on I mean, uh comes to
1: mind well, and I didn't um you don't choose it yourself. There's mm. a platform, mm-hmm. and for most of the time that I worked there, it was um toxics in the in the environment and the Long Island sound campaign for uh you know algae blooms and trying to just support the health of Long Island Sound, which mm-hmm. is you know our our body of water mm-hmm. it, next to Connecticut so um, that was primarily it I mean but you get in all kinds of conversations with I mean just in very broad topics that you know people bring up things and right. uh, also Conberg is also a consumer protection so it's environment and consumer protection so sometimes there were uh, the I forgot the there's a cutesy name for it but like around Christmas time they would have like a safe toy list and mm-hmm. you know like stuff like that mm-hmm. Um, So then I got burnt out and I needed to um, get something. I'm also somebody who, uh, as I mentioned when arrived, I'm always cold. So so walking around, you know, Uh, all year um, at night because you you go at night um, was – that started to wear on me too because I'm just – I can't stand the cold. So, um, So anyway, so I needed to get a job that was like more nine to five. Where I wasn't walking around outside, so um, I moved. Uh, I got a job coincidentally. Well, I got a job at the Center for Research and Public Policy, which was very interesting because um, that was more of a public health organization. So it still had to do with statistics and you know, kind of a co- uh, public interest concern, but very different. Um, but it was still kind of encountering the public. So we were making cold calls to people to do polls them on for uh, the. Uh, for public health issues, and then that didn 't have health insurance, so then I needed health insurance so then I started working in the performing arts uh, administration. I got a job at a place called Neighborhood Music School in New Haven, and I worked there for thirteen years mm-hmm. uh, until I, I until i and I went back and got my degree and then uh, I met my now husband and so moved and then i 've just been doing like different philanthropic work and uh, like working in not for profits mm-hmm. um, mostly in like united way so not specifically environmental things but mm-hmm. just activism things volunteer organization right. uh, I worked for the Etna foundation for for a time so
0: well it's giving me a picture of how <laughs> like you have a foundation of being aware of not only environmental issues but also politics around environmental issues yeah and Besides that, also psychology around it. I mean, there's besides the, all of the psychology around knocking on the stranger's door. Yeah, for, I mean that's huge. But putting <laughs> that aside, once you get into a conversation with them, you get to hear all kinds of orientations. To oh, things. everything. Yeah, yeah every. T- tell me really. about what you heard.
1: Oh gosh, I mean. It's going back years, but so many people just left such an impression on me. Um, one gentleman, and, and has, it has it's there's also something unique about. I mean, <laughs> and it's almost it's almost unheard of anymore to, canvassing because of the you know just cultural changes, but mm-hmm. uh, going up to somebody's house and knocking on their door, and so like yeah. that personal. You know, some some see it as an invasion, but it's a very Mm -hmm. intimate thing is to have somebody open the door to you to their house and whatever state that they're in, you know. So I definitely had encountered some people who were, you know, naked. They Mm -hmm. answered the door naked. Mm -hmm. The people in their bathrobes, people just uh, dressed up an older gentleman who was like dressed up in, in a suit and tie. And as I learned. He he just got up that morning every morning to do that and he didn't really even go anywhere. Um, And he was very interesting because he just was you know he was uh, maybe a little bit more shut in. So there's these people that you encounter like that who are so eager to talk and you know maybe very interested in talking about the environmental issues, but you know may not be. So I had these great conversations. He wanted to um, he offered his son's hand in marriage (laughs) to (laughs) me, so that was very interesting. Um, you got, you, um, are walking around and there are people who had donated in the past. So those are the people that you looked forward to because they were educated on the things and you could talk about what had happened legislatively in the year prior year. Um, and it was very interesting to me because I was an arts person. I had come from having done art and Mm -hmm. in high school, I was not, I didn't, wasn't strong in the science and math. So, Mm -hmm. um, I was really coming at it from as I made reference, like kind of just a more emotional uh, interest, yeah. not a science-based interest. So I would encounter people who were in quote doing quote unquote, true uh, a- environmental, you know, activists because they were scientists. And so they felt insulted, like, you know, that somebody who didn't know anything, you know, oh, all wow. I knew was what they had taught me at the organization and like what you read in, uh, you know, books, you know, whatever. But, I didn't have a degree in biology, and so I had a lot of people encourage me to go back to school and become, you know, go to get a PhD in biology or, you know, environmental science. Lots of people have lots of opinions, right? So they're always giving you opinions. There were definitely people who would be uh, aggressive and angry and, and, you know, yelling, you know, you bleeding heart liberals and you're ruining the planet. What do you think you're doing? You know, you're shutting down jobs and Get oh. out of here! <laughs> wow. You did have to. You had to register ahead of time. The town, uh, you would the 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 manager, which I eventually moved up and became a manager. Then you would have to um, arrange with the police to allow uh, you to, to allow you there. to go around. And so yeah. there were lots of times people would call the police, and but the police would say, "Yeah, no, they're they've got all their paperwork in order. She just say say thank you and send them on their way." <laughs> so. Wow. um but there is also there was a lot of interest in Long Island Sound because that's so personal to people here, mm-hmm. and I, I think that there you know the, there's a lot of caring, but and, and a lot of people felt really grateful for the having an expression of caring. So to be able to give, mm-hmm. some people would give it would just, it would be very exciting if somebody gave you hundred dollars or two hundred dollars, but most people would give five dollars or ten dollars. So, mm-hmm. but to come have somebody come to their door and if you give $5 you feel like connected to a solution mm-hmm. um was like i think powerful for people yeah so
0: maybe the modern version that happens all the time is a, is you is what shows up in your inbox if you sign up for something yes yeah i did one day of of door to door um I, what would you call it canvassing canvassing yeah um for mm, it was a Massachusetts Clean Water Action. Okay, yeah. And um I was terrified of it. I'm not that kind of that <laughs> extroverted. Right. Believe it or not. And um and I went is interesting. <laughs> but I was I was like, I cared about clean water, so I thought, okay, then you know, I could do this work that I that I would feel was meaningful. And and I was very disillusioned by the process because yes. it wasn't necessarily people who are passionate about the topic. It was I mean it was people who needed a job. Yes. And um yes. and that's really the category I was in too. And uh you know you 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 have sort of some talking points but it wasn't the same as getting like you know taken down to the river to look at the blah 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 or whatever. Oh, you know, certainly.
1: And yeah, I didn't mean to give the impression uh, that okay. that it would be. Were you No, no, no you, didn't,
0: you didn't. Were you outside of Boston kind of? Like were you in No, a, I was in Austin Northampton. Area? Huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, um, but I wasn't cut out for it. I did one street and <laughs> and one uh, the only thing memorable and by myself. I, I, did, I think they did one where like I followed someone around and then right. they, they send you off on your own. You know the you know the drill. Yeah,
1: and there's uh, something called a quota, which I'm sure is not. Right. It's very stressful. You have to right. reach a certain amount of money raised right. to. Keep your job. to get your to keep your job in to get paid right uh, you oh, get like maybe gosh. three nights where you can fall below and uh-huh. if you fell it didn't matter whether you fell five dollars below or you know yeah. fifty dollars below right. it, it's it's something of a i don't want to call it a racket but it's a little bit exploitive of of people's good
0: intentions yeah. but it is for a
1: good result well, so I it's mean, hard it, yeah it's, it's hard it's,
0: it's it well like uh, like listening to you talk about people telling you you should go get a degree it's like and then I wouldn't be in this job and who's who, someone else would do this job who doesn't right. have all that yeah and it's just someone who's good-hearted and willing to like take abuse basically at <laughs> people's front doors and that's yeah and my, and my I was so sort of shot I was young I didn't I didn't know how it worked so I was very naive but um i did my one street i went to one i think i went to one i don't know what happened but i don't remember how many houses i went to but there was the one that i remember was this guy who was a professor of something i don't know what but in whatever university was nearby and um and he was drunk and he was like telling me like oh you don't want to do this he's like (laughs) i'll give you what do you what how much money are you supposed to ask for like and I and I was I told him the number that I was supposed to. He's like, that he kind of shook it off like it was too much. But he said, I'll give you ten dollars just for you, like twenty dollars or whatever it was. And I was like, I can't take money for myself in, in this role, you know. Right. So he didn't give me any money. Uh, and man. so then they said, well, <laughs> you know, thanks, but no thanks at the end of the night because like, I hadn't made any money oh. on my first street. Oh, <laughs> But, and you could have made ten dollars.
1: I could have. <laughs> you could have given it to the organization. <laughs> and,
0: and you know what? It led me to going back to school because my parents wouldn't help me like get on my feet on my own. And they, oh. but they would help me. So I went back to school, and I went for a year, and then I dropped out again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it took me until my thirties to to go back and finish. But, yeah, me too. That was it Was in my thirties. Yeah. So 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 what I wonder next is like so you did this stint of of, you know, deeply thinking about this stuff. Yes. And then, you know, necessity demanded other things of you. And then I'm wondering if it sort of feels similarly to what I feel, which is that like there was a period of time where I thought a lot about this in in my, you know, right around that time, I think around the age of like, when you first go to college, um, just there, there. the first Iraq war was happening. Yeah, and that's that right. And that was devastating. Yes. And, you know, the the rainforest was the big thing in the news. Oh, yeah. And, um, and it just felt like, oh, my God, we're ruining everything, you know. And as you become aware of the world, you're becoming aware of all this just craziness. Yeah, and the complexity. But then you just have to figure out how to take care of yourself. Oh, yeah, I know. That's it. Yeah. And then yeah. you find out about global warming. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and you go, oh, <laughs>
1: right. I
0: abandoned you know right that's the way I felt. I don't know about tell me what yeah, how that came up for you uh
1: well i you know honestly, I feel like I've always known about i mean I feel like it was even there, i mean and it it, it was kind of the probably the first time you started learning about it was in the rainforest, it was yeah. the destruction of the rainforest right. and the the impact that it would have um so but i it does seem to get harder as you get older to balance those needs of like your individual ability to kind of manage your own life with this understanding your role in like a complex ecosystem and what you can do you know like what's reasonable to expect from the planet like and for yourself and um it's
0: yeah it's I can't remember what the question was, but uh, I mean, oh, I know. I'm just opening up that like, and now you're thinking about global warming and what, yeah. what does that bring up for you? So that's fine. You're yeah.
1: I mean, it's always like what behaviors can I do that are within my like available talents or behave, you know, energy. habits, h- energy, energy right. and habits that I can do that will contribute positively and yeah. minimize my negative impact. And like, without getting too heavy but it's like there's it it really burned burdened me for a period Mm -hmm. um and i had to let go of my concern for my own self self health you know Mm -hmm. to not because it just it was such a concern of mine and i just felt like it was just too depressing and it was too burdensome and i felt like i couldn't do enough and like Whatever, if I can't get solar panels and if I can't buy an electric car and like that, actually those concerns at at that time weren't, that wasn't even in the realm of possibility. But actually now I'm a homeowner and now I just bought a car and I shopped for electric cars and I have got, reached out to people and to try to get information on solar panels. And these are two things that I feel like are such dramatic things that I could do that would make me feel good and that would 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 contribute and would have some kind of measurable impact and yet I haven't done them yet you know um Mm. so I think it's just a culture shift the more small things so like I I am like a recycling you know obsessive recycling person Mm -hmm. it's it drives my husband crazy and so i feel like my actual hyper recycling just cancels out his like tepid recycling so it's like (laughs) uh, i feel like you constantly do things and it's like two steps you know one step forward two steps back right so it's hard not to get discouraged about it
0: i think it's impossible not to get discouraged about it if you really pay attention uh,
1: yeah yeah, I know. And actually, the more you pay, so as I start paying attention at times, I have to pull back because right. I I do have this issue mm. of, but I mean, I don't know if everybody does, but I mean, yeah. I don't know.
0: Well, I think of it makes me think of a friend of mine. Like I I went through a similar phase right before I started this podcast, which has been about a year. And I was just thinking about this earlier today. Like I think it was around this time of year that I was crying every day because I was just like, just devastated by. Not just the effects of climate change or the upcoming effects of climate change, but also things that were happening. I'm not even sure about the timeline at this point. I think there was, there was some Terrorism kind of devastation or happening or, in... Terrorism or Tsunami? Yeah. Our, oh. Syria or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know. There's no shortage of, things of trauma to, right. and things. So yeah. like I, I, I sometimes listen, I often listen to um, Democracy Now!, mm-hmm. which you can, by the way, if you've never heard of it, you should listen to it. <laughs> once in a while but i found myself i find myself thinking like i need like a counseling session after what i need to cry for a while after listening to that show because it's just like it feels like you're getting beat up by all the terrible things that are happening in the world and yeah. it's it's real it's a real pers- important perspective because you're not getting it from what now what now is getting called the corporate media which uh, for good reasons, but, um, right. Um, right. And, like going back to your saying, like, I don't know why they're not paying attention to it in the media. It's because the uh, media is owned yeah. by concerns that depend on us continuing to be growing as consumers and producers. And, you know, without any sense of there being a finite amount of resources. In the yeah.
1: World. A consequence. They like, right. they seem to live consequence free right. or like the companies do. Right. If you don't mind me bringing this up, no. it's kind of interesting because just talking about media and c- the companies that own the media makes me think of commerce, and it's on my mind because um, driving up here, which I live in a more populated area, and driving to a, a woodsy rural—is this considered rural or yeah, is it like woods? Sure. Yeah, area. Um, I was just—I mean—I just struck by the lack of commerce mm. here, like which I was like, I maybe because I'm a little bit more. And extroverted um i don't necessarily need to be near commerce but i like to be near people like mm-hmm. so but the, those things like you know they're they're in the, they're like intersectional yes. like that's where the cop the, co- the people go where the commerce is and like if you have a bunch of people then there's gonna be commerce and so i was just thinking it's so refreshing and inspiring like, I was just so inspired driving up mm. here, being in an area with no commerce. Mm. And I was thinking, gosh, is there a way to make a community that has the people without the commerce? Right. I don't
0: know. But, like, well, I mean, one thing that's amazing here, because we're in an area that um, is not, doesn't have a lot of money, so the commerce isn't attracted here. Right. So it makes room for things like we have a very th- a thriving food co-op. Yeah, um, and it's in more of a city center, but our city center is like a, you know a rundown mill town. <laughs> yeah, right. um, But the the co-op um, does great, and it wouldn't if there was a Whole Foods down the block or, or even a Trader Joe's or right. something. Um, and uh, and it it is able to benefit the community because it it actually makes contributions to things and gives there's, there's a new organization called click, which I interviewed some, one of the formers of click. Did you did you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a commercial licensed community kitchen or something like that. So it's a co-op where people can have culinary businesses out of, and they don't have to have their own licensed kitchen or they can have canning operation. Or, so there, and there's a relationship yeah, between yeah. that and the co-op. And um, so there's, Cool things can happen, to, to me, I think of it in gardening terms, where there's fertile soil and not a whole lot of um, exploitation of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, it's
0: kind of cool. It
1: is funny, but it's, um, like, I, I observed also, I mean, the there were a lot of, there's, you know, there's houses, uh, there's definitely people, and the houses seem well-tended. And so that requires money. So I think it's just mm. choices. It's like where the the limited funds that they have, people right. are at least putting the putting them putting limited funds into the maintenance of their homes. Mm. So they're obviously you know opportunity cost. They're they're forsaking something else. They're perhaps forsaking designer clothes and mm. uh, video games. I don't know, like things that aren't up here because you don't have the commerce. But um, but anyway, so it was very inspiring coming out into the woods here. Mm
0: interesting yeah so um i had thoughts and they went away did you have something else you were thinking of saying no okay i mean no all right well let's
1: your beautiful art (laughs) animals like i see all these little representations of birds and animals i mean to talk about depressing things but just so i don't want to be depressing but that reminds uh, me oh Oh, yeah no 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 that's okay well
0: well it's depressing, No, no, what I wanted to follow up on what you were saying before about how, you know, when you put your mind on this topic, it gets overwhelming, you have to back off. And what yeah. that made me think of was, you know, there's a during that time when I was starting to feel really strongly about it, I found myself like one of the things I found myself saying repeatedly was like, I feel like we should all be staggering out into the street, devastated and like talking to each other, going, what are we going to do? You know, like we're, we're threatening life on this planet. You know, like, <laughs> And even, even already it's going to get, I mean, it's, today was 89 degrees and it is May. And tomorrow is going to be 89 degrees again, where I'm, where I live. Like Yeah. It is well,
1: May. more of a concern is that it was probably in the 70s in January, yeah. like at least in May. Right. You and know, you expect the spikes, but yeah, it's it's been pretty
0: crazy. So, anyway, during that time when I was feeling it so strongly, I wanted to have, like, bring it up in every conversation. Yeah. And I experimented with that. Like, I just oh, cool. I felt like I, I needed, <laughs> I needed to have conversations with people about it. Right. And one, so, what did you find? Well,. I found a lot of different things one but the one conversation I'm thinking of right now was with a friend of mine with a new baby and I asked her if it was something that was on her mind and she had confided in me about some I forget what the word for it is psychological distress she was having like you know, having to check the oven to make sure it was turned off in the middle of the night and those oh, kind of OCD. things. OCD. Ob- type obsessive disorder. compulsive yeah. disorder. Yeah. So she was struggling with just like keeping herself calm. Yeah. <laughs> right. And for her, it was like, I can't go there. Yeah. I just can't. Right. And, and, uh and I, I realized like part of my orientation to this is that we are all the environment and we oh, have to yeah. care about yeah everything. Like we can't just care about this in one way we have to care about all of it yeah and i found myself thinking like wow so i can't like push my friend into this you know like i have to, to care about her or this is not and then the thought then very quickly the thought is well it shouldn't be her problem she's raising a baby like we should the we should be taking care of this you know yes you're, you're bringing a new life into the world your focus is there
1: but how much do you attribute, like, I see this all as political. So, like, of course, I'm, like, I'm, I, so I see this yeah, as more. increasing political engagement. And, like, mm. I'm sure that there are people, I, I encounter people all the time, particularly in election year when I'm very engaged, mm-hmm. that, like, oh, I don't, I don't like politics and I don't do politics. Yeah. And so maybe those people are doing something environmental that doesn't tie somehow to politics. But I don't see how you can divorce it.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. So that's- well, I wanted to get into politics a little with you, definitely. Um, my husband is very where he goes, where he when he gets on this topic with me and gets like his passion up about it, it. He goes to like, and that's why we have to vote for blah 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 or whatever it is that he's whatever the particular thing is. And I think for me, I'm not I'm not geared that way. Like I do vote, right? But um, but I don't have a whole lot of faith in it i don't feel like i feel like um that the system is so rigged that and i don't mean this in just bernie sanders term yeah it, you right. know like what, whatever i just i just feel like <laughs> like like we have the laws are increasingly in, um, constructed to benefit the corporations
1: yeah. who are exploiting the resources yeah right. Totally. Well, I mean, you've heard the phrase "voting with your feet," right? I mean, because that's. I
0: mean, I've heard. I've heard. I, I've, I've said, or I don't know if others say it, but "voting with your wallet." But well, I don't know what you mean by your feet. Oh, it's the same thing. Okay. It's the same. Voting with your wallet. Okay. It's
1: literally like where you go, like oh. where you, what you spend your time with, what you do, like okay. you know, what your commercial as a as a consumer, mm-hmm. and so it's just your consumer voting. So okay. to me, I see marketing, and I also then so in when I went back and got my degree in business uh, and I had been involved kind of in like from having done graphic design in college, I've really always done marketing things. Uh-huh. So, um, and that's also fascinating to me, like consumer behavior and, and just,
0: do you know you, I'm a graphic designer?
1: I, I think, we, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And which is, yeah. Okay. Which I but think that was also a topic of our shared conversation oh, okay. that night. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I love your, your photography oh. that uh, on your, on your site. um, nice. So, yeah, but so anyway, so just, I see that all, so consumer behavior as being a way of voting. So it's Mm -hmm. like self-expression and controlling and channeling where your resources, your own personal resources go to me is a way of voting. And so Mm -hmm. that's also political. Mm -hmm. Like, so it doesn't have to be government and elected officials. It could be, you know, and then it could be also things that are like political expression could be writing a letter to an editor uh so it doesn't have to be or doing a doing a uh, a podcast, podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah definitely <laughs> so, but um i just don't see how they are divorced from mm. the environment i mean people like and i mm. if there's a way i would love to learn about it because learn about what learn about a way where i could positively affect the environment in a non and like i think gardening might be like definitely that's gar- I mean, actually, now that I think about it, gardening, it's really, like, a main one. And I just thought of another one, which is, and I used to do this more. I haven't done it in such a long time, is I used to be a part of garbage pickups. Like, I used to live more in a city, and they used to have, like, periodic, you know, the Parks Department and the yep. Parks Foundation would do periodic garbage pickups. But that's very, like, micro and small, yeah, you know, yeah. as opposed to making it's big community change. building. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And it's important, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. I I find myself thinking that exp- I've been playing with the idea that um, the next move in my action is getting better at saying no to things. Um, oh, no, like yes, no, I'm classic. not going to drive that <laughs> far for that thing that you know. I might because I won't. Dis- I don't want to disappoint someone or something. Um, no, I'm not going to upgrade this. Whatever, even though I'm ashamed of my dirty kitchen floors that won't get clean no matter how you scrub them, right? You know? Like, no, I'm not gonna buy a new thing so that I don't feel uncomfortable at my stepson's graduation among all these other real parents and my right. <laughs> the, whatever it is. Like the emotional c- context is for me that there's a lot of no's around that that are that actually will make me more relaxed and happy. In the long run, but I have to go through some wall of feelings about it and and actually be forced to actually connect with people in a more real way. I totally
1: relate to that. Mm -hmm. I I completely relate to that. I feel like I've waged that battle and have done pretty well, but it's a constant struggle. And now in my in in my experience, but not that's it's not going to be the same for everybody. I've gotten to the next step. Kind of. I'm not – I'm dipping my toe in the next step, which is just like in my mind I call it shedding. Hmm. So shed, like just getting rid of more possessions and not replacing them all right. the time. And right. just like you said about like, the graduation thing, I have. it's like as you have events on the horizon and I have to think about like what to wear and like, oh, do I need to go shop for a new outfit? It's like I, I just think like – I don't want to. A, it stresses me out to go to, like, a mall or a store. It's just too – it's just – it just makes me angry. It's Mm -hmm. so ridiculous. It makes me ridiculous. It's ridiculous. and makes me angry when I go to the grocery store, too, all the products. Like, all the products, 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 Mm -hmm. products, 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 crazy products. And plus because I want it all. Mm -hmm. Like, I want things. Like – when yeah, I go to the store, about... I want them, yep. but I know that I shouldn't. Ha- I mean, you can't have everything. You have to make choices in most like, you know, so I think like, okay, I have plenty of clothes in my closet. I can make do. Why do I feel, why do I feel compelled to ha- like, what is it that's causing that? And of course it's
0: marketing, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: right? Maybe. I mean, and it's part of it. And yeah, and part it, of it. Yeah. I mean, marketing exploits the places where we are feel bad about ourselves yes so you know yeah it says if you have this thing you're gonna feel good about yourself yeah you deserve it
1: yes right right <laughs> just like, yeah how many times is that used in
0: as right. a tagline yeah right I've been struggling, I've been, early, early in the series of podcasts, I talked repeatedly about my struggle around strawberries. I love strawberries and I feel, feel a certain amount of dismay seeing them in the grocery store in February. Like they're not supposed to be there. Those are coming from California and actually Driscoll, which is the main supplier of strawberries from California yeah, uh, that you see whenever you go in any grocery store, um, there's a boycott going on Front by the farm workers are calling for a boycott um, because the farms that supply the strawberries to Driscoll, who then package them and sell them to the grocery stores, um, have – some of them have very, very bad records of mistreating their workers. Yeah, They have, you know, like uh, 15-year-olds and, and I, maybe even younger, I'm not sure about yeah, that, right. um, working and they have sexual abuse of the workers and yeah. – they're just exploited like they don't get paid properly. Of they don't course get paid not. well yeah. and then they don't get paid like they do extra things yeah. and not get, you know, there's just lots of And I'm sure the living terrible- conditions
1: are deplorable. Mm-hmm. There's probably uh, and it's not just, I mean because a few years ago in New Haven there was a bust of uh, immigrant workers that so we have the tobacco fields and mm-hmm. they uh, there was this whole underground uh, what does that call uh, traveling what, what, trading of people um mm-hmm. When they were bringing people up from Florida, they were setting them up in apartment houses in New Haven where, like, they would have, like, 17 people living in, like, a two-bedroom house. Mm. And then they would give them a job in the tobacco fields, which are north of Hartford. And then they would have to pay – it's, like, a classic bad – you know, they would make them – they would pay them, and they would pay them fairly so everything looked good that way. But then they would charge them bus fare that was, like, pretty much equal to, you know – they would just make their money back by charging them the bus right. fare to get there to their jobs. But they shut down that whole ring. But all these laborers who br- bring us our food, you know, none of them are treated well. Right. Although there's – in New York right now, there is – and I'm not going to know any of the like particulars, but there's a, a bill that's being put forth in the state of New York that's supposed to be kind of like a revolutionary thing for workers' rights, for farmers, for – Uh, Farm labor that, if it gets passed, which so we'll have to see whether it does get passed, um, will will you know make the treatment of them much better. Hmm. And I can't remember what the I can't remember what the specific features are, but. Yeah, so oh strawberries, yep, strawberries in yeah. the winter.
0: Well there's something about saying no to myself about oh. things, you know, yeah. like I'm having and and strawberries, you know, not not, now it's not winter anymore, but now there's this boycott and I Oh so it's like oh, Yeah, I like strawberries. I I'm struggling with it. But But can you what grow did, what about growing it? Exactly. That's exactly what I did. I went and bought myself some plants and put them in the ground. Yeah. So hopefully I'll start producing my own. But um I don't have a a huge amount of space So I can't, like, I could grow only strawberries and have the amount of strawberries I would eat, but...
1: (laughs) Well, I think, and it's like, isn't it less of an issue, though, like, during strawberry season? Because there's, I mean, around here it's not an issue, but it's that, it's that, you know, the importing it from far away.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think even when they're in season here, we're still getting them from California in the stores. They all say Driscoll.
1: Oh, but I mean, but going to buy from a... Oh, like true. buying it from a local to... right, right, yeah, I yeah. Can do that, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so I will just do that in, um, I will do a lot of that when, <laughs> right. when they're in season. Um, are you a vegetarian or no? I'm no. not, a, I'm not, a either, I was but... for a long time. Oh, you were, yeah, For oh. like seven years. Oh, that is a long time, yeah. And then, of course, I've heard about how meat production is is so, I mean, the thing is. Farms, it's resource intensive, yeah. When, when farms are, are done sustainably, yeah. having animals on the farm actually benefits the cycle of the, like, because stuff that gets, you know, you grow stuff, some of it's waste, and the animals they eat, they can eat, eat that it. waste. And, and then there's the manure. Animals, exactly, yeah. they produce manure, and um, sometimes they can be used for, like, strategically, like, chickens can be used to um, turn over the soil a little bit, they scratch. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. We have a great farm near us, which you'll have to come down when you visit to go on our boardwalk mm-hmm. in uh, Niantic, but um, it's the White Gate Farm in East Lyme, and they just, um, they're turning it into, it's a beautiful old farmhouse that they're uh, in the permitting process to turn into a bed and breakfast, and they have a beautiful uh, organic farm with all the animals, like you say, and they do cooking classes and events and like farm dinners and that's like so. I'm lucky that I have that near us, mm. and we have. They're open on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and so I. But I mean, I, mostly I'm at Stop and Shop. Mm. Like you know, to be honest, I have, we have an organic food store that I go to, and it's just. I mean, it's super. It's, it's expensive, but I mean, honestly, like it's. You know, it's like I, I'm better able than most or a lot of people mm-hmm. anyway to be able to afford it, but. It's, you know. It's hard to know to keep up with all the companies and what their p- business practices are, right? Because, right. like, if you know you can get something for less than half and that's not a bad company, then you would do it. So, hmm. But you have to, like, keep track of all the businesses, and yeah, it's, it's hard.
0: Yeah, that's what government should be doing for us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Government should be taking care of the needy and keeping track of... Uh, that we're not destroying the world. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I think a lot of us feel terrible about how little we do or can spread ourselves thin enough to do. But if we had a really well functioning system, we would be supporting with our taxes. Um, people who want to take on some of that work for us as, as a society, we can divide and conquer and some people can grow the strawberries and somebody, some people can make sure that everyone's being treated well. And, uh, Some people can test the water and, you know, et cetera. Right, right. um, So that's the ideal. Yeah. I think Um, we're
1: like-minded in that way. Yeah. It's funny because you brought up California and then I immediately think the water shortage. And just going back to the beginning of like when we said like, oh, why isn't everybody freaking out about this? And like, um, I, I think that that's actually more my concern right now and i mean of course it's interrelated with global warming Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the water thing is more alarming to me than not i'm sorry and i said global warming when i've been really trying to practice switching my language to climate Climate change change. (laughs) but um because i feel like climate change we do have the scientific and engineering possibility to to kind of adapt our living circumstances Mm -hmm. whether it's you know, ultimately b- making big, huge bubbles over cities or whatever it is that's sci-fi things that, that are going to address the needs that we have. Mm-hmm. But water, that's like, that's an that's the element of, of life. And mm-hmm. it's so, I mean, I just, it's so strange to me that, it, um, you know, when water first started becoming an issue many years ago, and I can't, I'm trying to remember the language that was being used, but it just seemed... To be so blatantly silly because they were talking about the the concern of water in the use of manufacturing, and and nobody was talking about water as the building blocks of life and of our you mm-hmm. know making up. I don't know. I don't know what the number is. Is ninety eight percent of yeah, our body some, or something? Ninetieth right, like percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm like, wow, they are totally like missing the point. Right. You know, <laughs> like,
0: I, I feel that way a little bit about energy. Like we, we spend a lot of time talking about our energy needs and it's like, well, we really need food and water. Like, right. We don't really need electricity right. and, and, and motor vehicles. Like, we, right. We, we survived. We thousands of years. Right. Our infrastructure <laughs> is, is set up to completely be dependent on that. But those are things we can change. Yes. And,
1: um, and probably not even that. The, you yeah. know, without much difficulty if there was the yeah. political will,
0: but well, there's, there's this, I was listening to an interview with this guy and I, I wish I could remember what it is right now. It's something like low tech magazine or something was the oh, name of his his uh, blog. Um, but, and I will find out and I will put it in the show notes um, for this episode, which is at hello Um And also you can find it on iTunes, but in the show notes, I'll put the link anyway. So he was talking about in this interview, Um, first of all, he's got this, he does these long detailed, um, engineering and scientific like articles explaining, but also simple, some simple things about low tech solutions to things that we have come to depend on high tech. Um, so in other words, there's a, he has an article about low tech internet and he has an interview about low tech, even greenhouses and the way that they used to grow a lot of things he was talking about, about things that we used to be dependent on a great deal of skill. And we have traded that in for a great deal of convenience. Yeah. So a simple example he gave was um, Ooh, I'm look cooking that up. with fire. We think of cooking with fire as very inefficient, but he's, he's basically making the point. Like when you cook on an electric stove, you're first at some processing plant making something that's basically heat and translating it into an electric current that right. then comes to, you know, comes through more than one processor to get to you and heat, uh, sorry, um sorry, sorry. Energy is lost at every turn there. And then you get it finally into your home and, um, and you, you know, heat up that pot of boiling water where it used to be way more energy. And it is really like, if you know how to build a fire and bank the fire and, and build the structure around the fire properly, you can, do a little boiling of water on a, with a lot less right. energy being used. So where was I going with this? So he was, um, so anyway, he was talking about the thing that got me thinking, especially was this thing he was talking about internet and how, and I didn't really get into the details of how you do this low tech internet, like build your own, internet or whatever. But he was saying how how much energy is going into getting high speed internet. Like we're we're really yeah. unaware of how much like he was talking <clears throat> about how people are really careful. They ride their bike to work and they, they <laughs> buy organic and then they spend two hours on their iPhone and have no idea what oh, what is yeah. being used to process that power. Right. And he was talking about a vision of future internet where it's like we get internet for like two hours a day or something or maybe twice a day or something yeah we don't have constant access which is an emotionally difficult thing for people to wrap their mind around since modern the definition of being modern now has to do with having constant access to 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 the cloud yeah but um but he was talking about how like a lot of things that seem like they would be and we we kind of know this already about like things like we're saying what we were talking about before, like saying no to certain things or yeah. like simplifying shedding as you said. Yeah. Like would actually improve our quality of life to have less but what would it be like if we had only had the internet twice a day yeah. for a couple of hours? I could see that. Oh, I could see that. it seems like such a relief. It would be, he, was, yeah. he was saying, you'd have to pry it from my hands. I'm addicted just like everyone else, but it would be so nice to know, Right. like, I can't spend my day getting lost in this. I can get my download my internet, my emails, whatever it is I need during those two hours, and then I you know, can write my emails and do my work and then send it off during the next phase, but you don't have to have constant access. Yeah. Did you, did you hear about the the thing in
1: France? They just, the new labor agreement, it was like a big dramatic labor agreement, which had many components and was very contentious. Mm. Um, And, but uh, like, I guess the only part that was maybe like universally supported um, was, it's just amazing. They, they passed a quote unquote law that companies can't email you outside of standard business hours. What? And you can't reply. Like, so there's no emailing like, outside of standard business hours now. and like
0: Oh, I did hear something about oh. this.
1: So, and it's not, there's no teeth in it. There's no consequences. There's right. no monitoring. So it's really just kind of, like, a suggested best practice. And each company will be responsible for setting parameters with their employees on their own of what the standard business hours are. So there's lots of, like, wiggle room. But I just thought, like, yeah. God, like... That's kind of freeing. Like mm-hmm. if it's being forced on you, you know that you you don't have you know you can't, you're going to be there's you you it's against the law. I can't reply to this email and they can't send it to me. Yeah. It would never happen in the United States, of course. But <laughs> never it <would> be wonderful. <laughs> there's so
0: many things that w- that that we supposedly have as freedoms in this country that are that we that we sacrifice as soon as we take a job. Like you know you you sign a non disclosure about how much you're going to get paid. Yeah, it's like, why is that? Why do you not? Why do they not want to tell you to tell? Yeah, because they don't want other people to oh ask God, for I'm as much or whatever. Bunkers. You know. So, yeah. and
1: almost all the contracts, I there there was, you know, interesting article about it. uh, all like almost all the contracts now that we sign like when you click and say i agree yeah. they're all you're agreeing to forego right. the ability to to ha- sue yeah you yeah. just it's only mediated settlements which always benefit the corporations and yeah. that you kind of don't even have a choice because yeah. a lot of these things are monopolies and you can't right and you need them to yeah, get you need it to yeah. finish your to do whatever it is that you're doing but right
0: oy. yeah so um on the small scale around food, it feels good to be growing my own, and I yeah. won't have to go to the grocery store very often at all, if at all, really, all summer long. Are you serious? That's, yeah, I mean, I could that's... just buy a, a sack of rice and a sack of beans, and and I'd be set. I yeah, mean, I, w- I I won't. I, w- I will still go to the store. Yeah, st- I've been starting to make my own milk and cheese. I mean, I'm um, yogurt and cheese um, using raw milk that somebody's selling at the co-op. Oh, and that's so great. Um, and I started to figure out how to preserve the, like i I'm making fresh cheeses that are, that are not meant for, I haven't learned all the techniques to make the ones that you age, which yeah, I'm yeah. really excited to do and want to, but, um, I made cheese so once you, too and was surprised at how easy it yeah, was. Yeah, it's very easy. So easy. Yeah, it's what, wonderful. It,
1: rennet, though. You need the, you, do yes. you get that online? Do you
0: have it? I have a little bottle of liquid rennet oh. that I haven't used yet, but I've, what I've done is made yogurt. So, so if you're ever thinking about doing this, it's really simple. You yeah. just heat up. Some milk to, to uh, you can heat it up a little higher and then let it cool, but you want to get it to, and that will make the yogurt thicker, but um, you want to get it to like bath water temperature, like so that you can put your finger in it comfortably. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's like 120 degrees if you want to use a thermometer. And and then you just, so I use quart-sized ball canning jars. Um, I fill them with this warm milk. I put in a, a, a tablespoon of plain yogurt from my previous batch or from, from the store, something fresh. And, um, and I put it inside of a cooler where I've got like, I do two or three at a time and I put them inside this little cooler that I've got stuffed with towels and, you know, so it's really well insulated and the warmth stays there like Mm -hmm. overnight. Um, but just in a few hours that that's all it
1: takes to make yogurt. You don't even stir it. And do you notice like a, a dramatic difference in the flavor of, you know, commercial yogurt? It's very yogurt? good. I mean, yeah. or does it taste the same? Or?
0: Well, I mean, I'm. It tastes as good as the really good yogurt at oh, the store. Okay. And if you wanted to have like a Greek style yogurt, then you could, um, the next morning when you get the yogurt out of the jar, um, like suspended in a cloth. Yeah. I use like maybe two foot squares that i cut out of some old sheets that are clean okay um and i lay it in a colander and i um so it's like just draped over this colander inside of a a pot and then i put all the yogurt in there and then i and then you could just do it like that or you can take the sides of the thing and just tie them up so you have this bundle and and there's like sort of a round sort of um, ball of dripping yogurt (laughs) in in the cloth and leave it to drip for like tie it over uh over a wooden spoon and suspend the wooden spoon over your big pot or tie it to your kitchen um to your faucet and suspend it over the sink and the the whey drips out like uh, that liquid okay. stuff that yeah. forms in yogurt you know and that's whey. what makes it greek is just that that makes it thicker okay and, and i just let add salt and that gets more whey to drop drop out and oh then yeah i'm put in some chives or whatever and i've made like this cream cheese oh yeah oh yum yeah comes out good, and I took a bunch of that, and then I formed them into little balls, rolled them in herbs, and then put them in a jar full of olive oil. Oh, yum! Preserving them for you know months down the road. If yeah, a bunch of people. That's a nice for Christmas presents too. Yeah, like, be, yeah.
1: Um, I used a kit to make cheese. It's like a yellow kit with purple writing. I forgot yeah, yeah, it's got yeah. a cutesy name, but um, and I had used it multiple times because the, after I did it once, then I got excited and like you know introduced it to my niece and nephew but um and so but i was thinking like oh i want to do it again so that i can like do it without buying that kit and just buy the wrong yep. gradients but it's easy it's, It is. I, I was surprised at how yeah. easy it was and um i don't know it's just it's satisfying it's like mm-hmm. exciting i forgot about that
0: so we are, we have been talking the length of time that i do episodes oh okay <laughs> um
1: anything more you want
0: to say no i would know it's There's... been a pleasure i mean i don't yeah, the, the one thought that I have is like, I just keep coming back to that part of the conversation about that edge, that edge where you can pay attention and you have to back off. And yeah. I, I think, I, I think I'd like to think about it more as in yoga terms, like, like, I, I'm I don't not, know I, yoga that yeah, much. Yeah, I don't so. do a lot of uh, it, but, um, but I did it when I was, I, I remember learning something that I really liked and that is that like, you're basically, to me, the core practice of yoga and and I'm not spiritual about it or whatever. It's more about stretching and finding the edge where you're actually feeling some stretch, but it's not painful. Oh, right. And you breathe into it. And then as you do, you can stretch a little deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was thinking that I want to think about that edge in terms of being able to think about climate change and and, um, how I want to respond to it as as you have to stretch into it you don't put yourself into the pain yes so you can i mean you can breathe there and maybe you can put yourself into the pain but then you get to cry about it and that helps right. you to stretch further but i would or like a, my edge quick. to move yeah. so that i can not have to back off of it as often as i i do these days i don't know what well that you're doing this like. too this is yeah. good so i mean it is definitely
1: yeah I, that would be good that's a good goal for me as well actually. And it's a good goal both thinking about politics and the environment and my other interests, but then it's also stretching.
0: <laughs> yeah. So next time we talk we'll have okay. to talk more. I wanted to get into politics with you, but we ran out of time. So we'll have to save it for next time. Oh, and there'll be so time. much more when there'll we'll be so much catch more up. to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thanks. It was so fun.